This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. Back here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. Good morning to everybody. And we are uh, continuing in our Compelled by Grace podcast series, uh, unpacking the 13 Kingdom Secrets that you'll find in in the book, Compelled by Grace. And today, uh, the secret, the kingdom secret we're going to talk about is the secret of right standing with God. And so... uh, we're going to unpack this here. Uh, let me just start with a few scriptures that, that you'll find if you buy the uh, the discussion, group discussion guide that you can get with the book um, on this one. It's actually session 10 in the, in the workbook. But uh, Matthew uh, 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, Psalm 37, 18 and 19, The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Um, and then Galatians 2, 20 and 21. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Um, so those are just a few scriptural foundations, which will make more sense as we talk through it a little bit. Sure. But uh, but we've been talking about Rocky. Uh, we're using, of course, using your story. And we had uh, this storyteller learning some things about Gabe's background and that little community there in the valley. Yeah. And uh, he met uh, Ned and learned a lot on that mission. Um, uh, and in this next chapter, he meets a new guy, Pastor Nate. Right. And so we're going to, he moves on in, in understanding more about uh, Gabe actually, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and the history of Gabe in the valley. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I guess I'll read the, the your definition that you wrote okay. for uh, right standing with God, and we'll jump off there. Okay. Uh, the secret of right standing with God. Christ is our shield. There will be a time our faithfulness will be tested and rewarded by God's faithfulness to his promises. It will also likely be a frightening time for us. It's in this trial we're driven closer to God or further away. It's our choice with which path we will take. If it's our choice to remain firm in our trust and dependency upon our King and be pliable in His hands so that He can shape us, then we are in right standing with Him. And then uh, you quoted that Psalm 37 um, as a promise. You know, I'll, I'll read it one more time. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord. Their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. So... Um, Right standing with God, which sounds a little bit like abiding, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're talking about uh, just want you elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about it yeah. because I think uh, I think the word righteous uh, it used to scare me away, Brian. Yeah, uh, and the reason why I didn't know what it meant meant, um, and people say, well, you know, he's too righteous. That's a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then holier than thou, which was another synonym for being righteous or self-righteous, right? Yeah, yeah. and self-righteous yeah. and that type of thing. And 
And it was always a negative. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm told to be righteous, then I'm saying, well, wait a minute here. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And then as I began to look at the holiness of God, and I, then I began to see that there's no way. There's no way I can be holy like God. Mm. And if, if being righteous is to be holy like God, then I'm doomed. Mm. And that's where I was. And I think a lot of Christians are that way. And so they they kind of get an idea, well, I'm just going to do the best I can, but I don't think I'll ever have that kind of relationship with the Lord. Thank goodness of grace, you know, that he gives me, but and, and, and I'm redeemed because of grace. And they kind of leave it alone. And they don't pursue righteous. They don't pursue righteousness. And and yet it, it is something that is something that we need to understand better so that we can pursue it, right? Mm-hmm. So righteousness comes from a, a combination of, of words that were used, old English word, and it means to be in right standing with God. Mm-hmm. And so we have to now go to the fundamentals of, of the gospel. And that is that we are in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because of the grace of God and because his redemption, not because we've earned it, not because we work for it, but because he made it available for us. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we will receive Christ in our life and when we are redeemed based on what he's done, not what we do or have done, and based on God's grace, then we are, now get this, we are made righteous. Mm. Okay, we are made righteous, so we cannot even begin to have a right stand with God if we don't come through by way of Jesus Christ. Mm. We're going, we're just out outside of it. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by Him. Another, another thing you can say is no, no one is made righteous except by Him. Mm. So that's the that's the righteous work of Christ in our life. But then there's another righteous work, and that is our our process of becoming more like Christ. This is what we call sanctification. Mm-hmm. And and so when we begin to eliminate hindrances that are in the way of that journey, and believe me, uh, we can be saved and, and bound for, for glory and still hold on to pornography. We've seen that a lot with Christian men. Mm. Uh, and they isolate themselves and they think that it's a little secret that nobody sees or knows, but all along it's doing damage to their relationship with Christ. And and, and they have a, a wall, they have a hindrance in that getting to know him better, into the intimate relationship with him. And as long as they hold on to that uh, issue in their life, as long as they keep it there, then it's never going to let them go deeper in this relationship that they've been given. Mm-hmm. So that's our part in the walk toward righteousness or right standing with God. We are made righteous, but then we have to walk toward being in right relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And right relationship with him requires us to begin to to cast off the sin that so easily entangles us. Now that process will begin to move us closer and closer into the intimate relationship with him, intimate fellowship with him. And then that becomes an empowerment. That's where the the secret of being in a right standing relationship is because now we have the king of glory, the the creator of all, all things, who we have favor from. 
we have favor with him because we are in a right standing relationship with him. So that is the beginning of understanding this story Mm -hmm. uh, in the chapter that, that we have here because the story is delivered by the narrator and always the narrator giving an account of what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. He gave us an account about Ned, and he was taught through that whole thing about, you know, things that were in the way mm-hmm. and that how he needed to get on God's agenda. And then we see the tremendous transformation that occurred in Ned's life when he was loved and prayers were acted on. And then we saw the transformation of him. And now Ned's healthy. Mm-hmm. He's moving forward with a great life. And that's another story. Mm-hmm. But now we see another uh, another story in the valley where Gabe uh, was a tremendous influencer because of his amazing right standing relationship with Christ. Mm. And now we have another observer of Gabe. Mm-hmm. And it gets complex because <laughs> you have different people telling the story about what they're seeing through their own grid, their own mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. their own problems. And this one is Pastor Nate. Mm-hmm. He's a, a pastor in the Lutheran church there in the valley where most everybody attended. And there's Nelda, his uh, quickly-to-speak wife, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perk. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and if you, I've known a few like that, <laughs> and, and that was her, her ways. Yeah, she was a little feisty. Feisty, uh-huh. real feisty, but uh, good. Yes. And so they tell the story. And the story goes really deep into the fact that we have a man here living in the middle of a valley that that uh, the valley is in a drought several years now and all the farms are dried up and there's no production. And yet on Gabe's 80 acres over there, it is the most flourishing place you've ever seen, mm-hmm. producing like vegetables like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a scripture that we just discussed that's in there. Now, let's make application to it because there is some theology to that about Gabe. The one about, um, well, basically, um, the days of the blameless are known, Lord. Their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. Uh, in days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Oh, does that sound like the story you're telling? <laughs> it does. And you see, that's why I keep coming back. It's based on theology. Yeah. Now, he was a farmer. So that's the way the Lord showed himself. But, you know, we, we have other vocations and we have, have other challenges out there. And God enters into those challenges and those vocations and those things that we have going on in our life that might be different from others. Uh, Brian, yours is different from mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have the same resource. Mm-hmm. And, and But it's critically important that you and I are in a right standing relationship with Christ to see him deliver so many of the things that he can do mm-hmm. because sin, unconfessed sin, unforgiveness that has uh, that lingers in our life can be a hindrance from for seeing our prayers answered. Mm-hmm. And here we see in Gabe an example, and he's always the example of what it means to, for a man or woman to have that right standing relationship with Christ, God shows off. Mm-hmm. God likes to work through a person like that because he represents Jesus so well. Mm. So this is the storyline in that one. Well, and I I can't, in my mind, I can't get away from the, in the definition you talk about it, it takes trials. It t- Trials reveal where people are. Yeah. And you know, the, 
back to Pastor Nate, he had this congregation that he was getting frustrated with because they seemed very dry and, and very selfish. And yet they probably thought they were in right standing with God because they were at church every Sunday. That's right. They checked the box every mm-hmm. Sunday at church. You know? yeah. They may not have been tithing. They may not have been caring a rip about the pastor's needs or anyone else, mm-hmm. but they felt good about themselves yeah. until the trial came, yeah. until the drought came. And then they would start running out of of def- their self-sufficiency. They, yeah. they couldn't take care of themselves. They started getting desperate. Yeah, it's uh, I've, I've been reading, uh, studying actually more deeply the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh-huh. And, you know, there were two people, three people that, uh, that Jesus mentioned in that story along with the victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be four, the victim. But then the Good Samaritan and then the, then the uh, Levi mm-hmm. and then the priest. Yeah. The Levite and the priests were the religious. Yeah. They were the religious ones. And they saw themselves like you said. They go to church, they they do everything they're supposed to do. I mean, they pay their tithes or whatever. But those guys on that road, which was so narrow that they had to literally see this person in the road and step over him. Because mm. they were not blind to him. They just chose not to act. Yeah. Right? They saw, they didn't act. But the Good Samaritan, he saw, he had compassion, yeah. and then he acted. Mm. Now, we see in that a storyline. This is what Gabe did. In this story, we see that he saw the drought. God gave him the resources as the Good Samaritan was given the resources. Mm-hmm. And then he bound up the wounds in the valley. Mm. And he showed them what Christ looks like. Mm. And unfortunately, we have to get to a place where we don't get, we don't listen to God uh, because of our pride, mm-hmm. our self-sufficiency, like you you say. In this story, uh, Pastor Nate well, began to be a reflection of his congregation, or maybe they were a reflection of him, mm-hmm. because there's that terrible thing that happens to churches, and that is rote, rut, and rot. Yeah. They get into doing church over and over and over. Same old stuff, same old stuff, same old liturgy, same old scriptures. They get into a rut because they don't apply it to their life and they feel self-righteous because they did something that maybe looked religious, but they get in a rut and they go into rot, and when they get to rot, there's no fruit. And let me tell you, God loves us too much to allow that. Mm-hmm. And he'll send a famine in our life. Mm-hmm. That's a story. Yeah. That's theology. But then Pastor Nate did something very, very wise. You remember what it was? I think at his wife's urging, he got away and spent a week alone with the Lord and just got on his knees, just started becoming desperate for God. Yeah. Again. Again. Yeah. He he, like the song says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Yeah. He was he came back to the heart of why he went in the ministry in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm because of the love of Jesus. Yeah. And I really do believe that the majority of pastors, and by the way, I have a son-in-law as a pastor and a son as a pastor, and I know, and I'm a pastor, so I can speak from, you know, our experience here. Mm-hmm. But I believe the majority of people who go into full-time ministry, the majority of them do so because of their love relationship with Christ. Yeah. And I believe as they get going in ministry, they start doing the work of ministry and they forget that. Mm. 
they they forget the first love not only his love for me but my love for him when we forget that we become empty mm. like first corinthians 13 talks about in the love chapter you can have all these spiritual gifts but if you don't have love they accomplish nothing mm. and nate had lost his love mm-hmm. he had he'd lost his first love like the church was mentioned in Revelations. Yeah. And and he had to go back to his first love to find out what was going on. And this is a this is something we need to do all the time, not just pastors, but you know, people who follow Christ. And I would urge these people on this podcast to do not neglect your first love. Right. And that's his love for you and your love for him. Everything must come out of that. And if we keep that healthy, keep that solid, Brian, we are in a right standing relationship with our King. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm, and I'm just thinking the con, you know, during the time of trial, it, like I said, it reveals, right? It reveals yeah. things. You had the people in Nate's church who were getting bitter, they were getting desperate, fearful, and you had Gabe, who had love and joy and peace in yeah. the midst of all this. Yeah. And by the way, God was blessing him. Yeah. But I got we know enough about Gabe to know he would be like whether I know what it's like to be plenty, what it's like to have nothing, and I'm <laughs> content in either way. You That's know, right. like he, it's not like he took it for granted. I think he just he thank God for either way. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, but then in this particular case, he was blessed while everybody else was seemingly cursed, and he was so generous with what he had, yeah. where he could have easily hoarded it because they had kind of shunned him and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, Brian. Uh, when we have trials that God allows in our life, that is a stepping stone to something of freedom. Yeah, yeah. And blessing. It's only a stepping stone. We think it's a bitter end. No, no. It's a stepping stone where God wants to take us. Yeah. But when we are prospered, we have to be very careful because it can steal our hearts. Yeah. Uh, how easy would it have been for Gabe, who was a black man, to, who was basically excluded in that valley? He and yeah. his family. They were not. They were not. They were not racist. They just didn't know him. They yeah. prejudged him. That's what prejudice means. Prejudge somebody before you ever get to know him. Mm-hmm. And he was isolated from them, but he was not isolated from from the father. Mm-hmm. And he he was nurtured in that place there, but they were not nurtured. They were they were they were isolated from the very thing that nurtured Gabe's soul into that right standing relationship, hmm. and they they felt like they could find it in religion, but he found it in relationship. And this mm-hmm. is a story that we keep telling. But the the thing that could have happened very easily is because he had been prejudged and isolated. How many people would say, okay, well, I'm just going to take care of this. I'm going to deal with them the way they did me. I'm going to sell all my crops in a different place. I'm going to get three times the amount because I'm the only one with the game in town. Mm-hmm. And he could have taken advantage of that. Now, what would that have done to his right standing relationship with Christ? Yeah, yeah. And that's why prosperity is a test for a believer as well. Trials are a stepping stone, but prosperity is a stepping stone if you handle it right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, you know, he um, who can be entrusted with a little 
will be entrusted with even that much more. That's yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. Even that's a test. That's a good way to put it. Prosperity is even a test. Yes, I mean that's the whole the storyline that Jesus had in the parable about the parable of good steward. Yeah. You know the bad steward, the good stewards, mm-hmm. and uh, bad steward just buried it, didn't do anything with it, mm. and the good stewards they reinvested it. And that Gabe was a good steward of the father's resources because that land was his. Gabe operated under a one kingdom mindset. And and what do I mean by that? Well, think about it. It, Let's say I'm a businessman and I was for 35 years. And and let's just say I have my kingdom, call my business, call my family, call my income, call all of these things that I do to make a living, right? Right. And then, then there's church. And then my activity in church and my eldership in the church. Mm-hmm. And I gave to the church. So what I did is I had my kingdom and I'd give from my kingdom to that kingdom. And that's God's kingdom. And right. I had a mindset. There are two kingdoms here, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> There's only one kingdom. Right. The problem is I was operating as if it were two. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Lord started showing me, son, don't you understand? what Matthew 6.33 is all about. Mm. All these things will be taken care of for you, but you gotta seek first the kingdom of God mm. and in my righteousness and all things be added to you. Then he starts breaking through to me and showing me, wow, what am I thinking here? That's not biblical, the way I was reading things out. Mm. Everything I got is God's. He lets me use it and he's, and he's he abundantly lets me use it, but it's his kingdom. Mm. And Gabe had discovered the secret of one kingdom. And that's not in there, by the way. This is a 14th I'm added. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bonus secret. <laughs> this is a bonus one. <laughs> but the secret of one kingdom. Yeah. Because he, he saw that what he had was God's kingdom, and he was only a steward of it. Mm. And he reinvested it, and he reinvested it to create right standing relationship with people and their God. And it started with Nate, mm. the pastor. Because when he saw what was going on with this man over there, and he wanted to know him, he wanted to understand what makes you tick. And he saw in that man such a generous kind, loving heart. And I know he said, this is what I always read about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when the fruit of the Spirit starts surfaces in our life, and that's what happens when we abide in him, people see the characteristics of Jesus. Mm. Happens to every one of us, Brian. Every one of these listeners on this podcast can be assured if they abide with Christ and let no hindrances get in the way, if they will seek to have a right standing relationship with him, his Fruit, his characteristics will surface in their life. People will see it and they'll benefit from it. They'll grow from it and they'll grow closer to Christ because of it. Yeah. He was a good steward of not only the the blessings of the crops and the financial resources, but of the opportunity Mm -hmm. that God gave him. He -hmm. didn't waste it. That's what a right standing relationship with Christ does for us. Yeah, it's kind of like we always talk, it flows out, right? I mean, the, the living, wa- living water flows in, but it always flows out. Yeah. There's always a blessing to someone else if yeah. it's if you're in right center. And if we dam it up, it goes stale. Yeah, and we dam it up with hindrances or, yeah. you know. Or not sharing. Yeah. We become greedy. We become yeah. like in, in the case of him. If he, if he didn't release it to help other people, then he would have dammed up the blessings and he had gone dry. Mm. 
I think God pulled, I think God would probably said, Gabe, you got more to learn. And um, man, I'm 76 years old and I, and I can look back at the times I damned up mm. the blessings God gave me. And uh, I see how I, I operated in, in such a, some, somewhat of a depravity. I wouldn't say that, when you say depravity, people think, well, you know, he was weighed down with all kind of sexual stuff like that. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way I looked at life with mm-hmm. as a depraved person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all up to me. It's this is mine, this is yours. You do this to me, I'll do that to you. That's, that's a depravity mm-hmm. of mine, getting even. And then God began showing me, Brian, that, uh, that there's so much that we release in our trials that blesses and comes back to blessing us. And he taught me really big time with a man who betrayed me. I shared the story before and how the Lord uh, insisted that I forgive him and not only forgive him, but ask God to bless him, mm-hmm. uh, to water him. And, yeah. and he asked me, asked me what would, how would you want me to bless him? And I said, him to know you like I do. Mm. And when that happened, I, I could feel I could feel the uh, depravity leaving me. Mm-hmm. And I could feel the assurance from the Lord that I was on the right path. Right standing with, with God in our relationship with him. He's given it to us by atonement. But there's things that we've got to get out of the way to have that intimacy with him that that creates that oneness in the abiding relationship with him. And that's where the fruit occurs. I want to just affirm what you said about um, there are people that I thought I'd forgiven, but I realized I hadn't really forgiven them. I only knew that I'd forgiven them when I started exactly what you said, praying for blessing. Mm-hmm. Start, instead of thinking, well, they need something bad to have in their life to teach them a lesson. They'd get them, wake them up, you yeah. know. And instead, I started praying for not for bad things. I wanted good things to happen to them, and you, you know, no matter where they are, just to bless them. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking, Rocky. There's probably people out there who are wondering, do I have a right relationship with God, a right standing relationship with God? Um, and what would you encourage them to do to find out if they do or not? Well, and like I said, the first thing is that we cannot have a right standing relationship with God or right standing with God unless we come by way of Jesus Christ yeah. as our Redeemer. Yeah. And if you have someone who has not yet made that decision, then it has to be in there. Yeah. And we call it crossing the bridge. Right. But, you know, after you cross the bridge, if you remember the story in the journey to the end chamber, mm-hmm. then there's the ongoing process of getting to know him where you get to know him, where you can trust him because he's trustworthy. And then you enter into this place with him called abiding mm-hmm. through a personal abandonment and absolute trust, which is another form of consecration where mm-hmm. I give my life to him. Mm-hmm. So the way I'd answer that is the first thing is you got to get across that bridge. Mm-hmm. And that's your relationship with him by, uh, by way of Jesus Christ. But then beyond that is the aspect of growing in him. Mm-hmm. This is where we release more of ourselves and die more to ourselves. And that's where that Galatians chapter comes, or scripture comes in with Paul, where he said, I've been crucified with Christ. Yeah. It's, it's a living death, so to speak. We yeah. give our lives to him. But then he takes it and he remakes it. And it's in that remaking that we are reformed into uh, the intimate uh, relationship that we have with our creator. Mm-hmm. That's where we have a, a, a right standing relationship with him. 
Yeah. And so I think it's a two-phase thing. The first is the initial stepping into it. And then it's the ongoing process of surrender so we can move closer and closer to it. And it's kind of a lifelong process. Yeah. And, and it will, trials will be involved, yeah. and, but we don't want to be afraid of them yeah. because for, trials are for our own good. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, kind of like Pastor Nate, we need to just hit the pause button and go get away for uh, spend a day with the yeah. Lord or an afternoon with the Lord or a, a week like you yeah. did. And just say, Lord, I, you know, I, I teach me by myself. What, what's going on with me? What do I? What am I holding yeah. back? And start being honest with yourself and with God. Well, that is it. And I think the I think the beginning is that, like Paul, uh, David said, "Search me, O God, and know my heart." Yeah, that's right. Try me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me, and leave me in the everlasting way. Another way of saying that, uh, David was saying, "I'm going to put myself here on an operating table, and I'm going to ask you to do spiritual surgery on." Me. Yeah, that's right. And show me what might be hindering my relationship with you. Yeah. And I think that we can have blind spots. And we generally ju- judge ourselves based on our intentions and others judge us based on what they see, our actions. Yeah. And if, if, if our actions are contrary to our relationship with Christ, then we need to rethink how we live in our life out loud, mm-hmm. out in front of people. Because I think we might be more into the religious mindset and thinking that we can will it and show ourselves to be a good guy and a right standing with God. But the truth is our hearts are cold, calloused, and mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And But if, if, if we're right on that, in that inter, inner place with him, we can't hold back what he can do through us and uh, that pour through effect that we're talking about. So my encouragement, yes, to answer your question, is I think that we need to ask, we need to go to him and ask him. I think we need to get, get along with him. I think we need to get along with him even if we think we're in good shape. That's right. Right? That's right. You just say, show me. I'm willing to do whatever you want. I want more than anything to have this place with you that there's unhindered. Mm. And uh, and the other thing is that when we get to that point that we're willing to do that, then we're at a, at, at a really good point because one, we're listening, and two, we're trusting, and three, we want to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And he's faithful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's always more. There's yeah. always more that he's got for us, you know, if we're willing to go go with him on his program. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Process. Yeah, his process. Right. <laughs> great. Well, I think we're out of time, Rocky, but this has been a good conversation, and uh, that's a great one of the great kingdom secrets, and I think one that we're all still trying to wrap our brains and hearts around, you know. So. Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's it's a, it's a journey, not a destination. Destination is completed in heaven, but we as we get closer to heaven and get closer to Him, then we will begin to understand heaven better yeah that's right and how, how great it's going to be yeah his kingdom can even start here right so it, that's it's it. got to it has to that's right all right well this has been the influencers network podcast and uh we're going through the compelled by grace uh book and uh, discussion over the the 13 kingdom secrets you'll find in that if you'd like a copy of the the book or the discussion guide of course you can get them on our website influencers.org and we have a new shopping cart uh, through shopify and should be a real easy uh 
easier process than it was in the past. So if you haven't seen our new website, check it out at influencers.org. Also, you can listen to these podcasts on all the popular podcast, uh, you know, outlets out there, Google, Spotify, Apple, everything out there, but uh, also on our website as well. You can find a page that has a whole library of all our podcasts. So hope you guys are enjoying these and they're blessing you on your journey with abiding with Christ. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today. me.